Weekly You Demon. A Catholic guy's perspective on everything that matters. Arg! Spent the week in Vegas. Came back Saturday night. Woke up Sunday morning to about two inches of snow. Pretty awful. As I mentioned last week, we're going to be talking nothing but Vegas today. Um, I spent the week at the marijuana business convention out in Las Vegas. Lots to talk about. We're going to talk about pot as a mortal sin. We're going to be talking about this this new, very odd industry. This marijuana industry that we have booming in North America, between Canada and now the United States. We're going to be talking about Vegas and the Dow and a few other matters. Anyway, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun show. Uh, it's going to be an unusual show, but again, I think it'll be fun. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Now, some of you are probably wondering, what, what was our favorite Catholic podcast you're doing at a marijuana business convention? Well, the reality of it is your favorite Catholic podcaster um, has a large family to feed and he's a business lawyer by trade and marijuana is one of the biggest, newest industries. And as of two Tuesdays ago, it became the law in Michigan, recreational marijuana. And then on top of that, uh, a good client of mine wanted me to go out to it and paid for me to go so I went went out with him and had a great time he's a, he's a good guy and learned a lot about the marijuana industry and that's we're going to talk about that quite a bit today just just a few things uh this this convention was huge it took up probably about a third of the Las Vegas Convention Center and I, I don't know if you've ever been to the Las Vegas Convention Center but it is a massive place I I bet you it'd be a mile just to walk around the circumference of it, you know, walk around the outside of the building. There, well, I was told 25,000 people signed up to attend. And then I think they got just deluged with walk-ins because it was just a sea of people on Wednesday registering to get in. I mean, the registration time must have been two hours. We got there Monday night for the pre-conference. There was a big crash course um, on Tuesday, a pre-conference cat crash course about the marijuana industry that we wanted to go to. Um, so we got registered early, but yeah, it was it was just nuts. I heard one of our cab drivers said that he was told 100,000 people showed, showed up for this convention. You know, so what are my, uh, my impressions in general? Well, <laughs> my impressions in general is that, you know, marijuana is here to stay. There's a thing called the States Act that they think has real good potential of either making marijuana legal at the federal level um, or more precisely it'll be a statute that says if a state authorizes marijuana it is no longer a schedule one substance for federal purposes so like in our instance if you live in Michigan marijuana would no longer be a federal crime but if you go a mile south from where I live into Indiana it will be a federal, still be a federal crime, and I talked with one consultant who um, who's been helping draft that legislation, and he seems very optimistic it's going to pass. Of course, a consultant makes money by convincing people that's going to be legal, you know, federally, so he can get more consulting business. So, but he's Struckman. Struckman's a sincere guy. We talked for quite a while. So, the the industry in general, I 
I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm a libertarian, as you all know, and philosophically, I'm in favor of legalizing marijuana, but I did not like what I saw. I mean, a couple of things. First off, a lot of the uh, presenters just looked worn. And I'm talking about the presenters who are obviously touching the pot. And that, that's a phrase used in the industry. You're plant touchers. You're either growing it, harvesting it, you're packaging it, you're dispensing it, selling it. A dispensary, by the way, is just like a marijuana store. You'll hear people talk about a marijuana dispensary. Well, if you're in a recreational state, it's just a store. Although, I went to one of the dispensaries, and it's, it feels a lot more like a pharmacy. I don't know why, if it's recreational in Nevada, why you just can't walk up and grab stuff off the shelf. Uh, here you had to stand in line and consult with... Um, <laughs> they have some official title. I don't know. They all, they all look like stoners. Um, but these stoners, I, I don't know what they're called, pot techs or what, whatever they are, but... You consult with them, and then you get the marijuana that you, that you that fits your fits your goals or fits fits what you're looking for. That in itself is fascinating. We'll be talking about that a little bit more when it comes to the mortal sin discussion. I'm going to have. So the presenters that were in the pot touching sides of the business just just look kind of worn, and you, and you know from the way they talk and the mere fact they're in this industry, they probably smoke a lot of dope, and you just kind of see it in them. I don't I don't know how to explain it. I'm not sure what it was. I'm not convinced it wasn't my imagination, but I was just looking at these people, I was like, you just don't look good. Um, on the flip side, however, a ton of people in attendance were just, like, ripped. I I saw so many dudes at this marijuana convention that looked like they could pick me up and break me over their knee. Um, saw, like, three just massive dudes, like, probably six foot seven. It's just odd. Just massive dudes rippling with muscles. But they're at a pot convention. They probably use it. So again, these are younger guys, though more more or less more guys like in the thirties and forties. Although quite frankly, I saw a couple like ripped dudes in the fifties and sixties. So it's this odd, a real odd mix. And I should mention there were a lot of people there on the investment side, like the venture capitalist people. Those guys look fine. You know, they're mostly in the fifties and sixties. They look like businessmen like me. Uh, they do not look worn. They don't strike me as though they're smoking a lot of pot and they're not really in the plant touching side they're just finding financing stock offerings to make these these industries take off so what besides the fact that some of the presenters looked pretty worn did not like well precisely this the people were rude and crude it, it's odd it, it has this um that they're trying to get this aura that this is a totally legitimate business but everywhere he went, and I mean everywhere, F this, F that. The F word has never bothered me. It's never grated on my sensibilities like it does to people with a more delicate uh, disposition. It started to grate on me there. It's like all you stoners out here presenting yourself as legitimate businesses, you can't say a single word without dropping the F-bomb. Uh, some of those massive dudes I talked about would virtually just run people over when they're walking. And it wasn't just them. They're just so big, though, you feel it more. Uh, people were just pushy. It just it's, it just seems filled. <laughs> as as I, was, I was telling my son about this last night when I got back, and he said, a bunch of a-holes. And I said, yeah. I said, it's just, again, not all of them. I mean, you're not going to say 100,000 people are all a-holes. That's not, the, that's not it at all. They just seem to have a disproportionate number. And again, that's the constant F use, F bomb, 
F this, F that. I heard one dude in clear earshot, and this is on the plane coming back, by the way. Uh, pretty much everyone in the front half of the cabin of the plane used like F, F, D, this, F, F, F. I mean, there's like six F words in the same sentence, and no fewer than 30 people could hear it. And then the partner he was with proceeded to take his phone out before takeoff and start talking to someone at just like 30 decibels. I mean, I don't know how many decibels. <laughs> at his extremely high level, one guy walking back to coach actually turned around his shoulder and said, hey, dude, do we often listen to what you have to say? Or do you want everyone to listen to your conversation? You know, it was just, it was unbelievable. These people at the convention were so inconsiderate and crude. I just, to me, it just it gave me an overall distaste for the industry. Again, the individual people I talk with, like some of these consultants, they seem pretty cool. You know, the, the, the exhibitors were all pretty cool. Now, of course, the exhibitors are there trying to sell stuff. So the companies probably sent their most with it people as opposed to the stoners they have working in the, at the counters. But again, just the attendees in general totally turned off by it. On top of that, they have this idea that you're a legitimate business, but there's this constant decadent undertone. Um, I, I really felt like I was, I was like at a strip club convention. Um, strip clubs are le- legitimate businesses, legally speaking, legitimate. But it's just that decadent undertone, and that's very much what the pie industry has. They want you to think it's either kind of like alcohol or kind of medicinal, but there's a strong, strong decadent undertone that comes through pretty much in every presentation, except the investment side. Again, that those are all very business-like, and I found those fascinating. I, I might hopefully have time to get into some of those stats regarding investment opportunities. If not, feel free to email me. Uh, but but most of the presenters, uh, it was almost like, <laughs> you know, yeah, we're talking a legitimate business here by... Yeah, we all like to smoke it type type thing. It was just again I just found the I found the decadent undertow kind of disturbing. Alright, let's get into the lightning segments. First off, there's a reason so many pot smokers are also health fanatics. It's because both pursuits are intensely self-regarding. Smoking pot is selfish or self-regarding. So is being obsessed with one's health. Those two things go together. One of the most fascinating things I saw or heard about while I was at the convention is a new cannabis beer. These people are producing, trying to produce a, a beer tasting beverage, no alcohol, but has enough cannabis and a THC in each 12 ounces to approximately equal the buzz you get from 12 ounces of regular beer. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the episode. We talk about uh, pot smoking as a mortal sin. You know, one thing I really like about Vegas is I wear a pedometer, and everything is so cotton picking huge in Vegas. You can get two thousand steps in, you know, just trying to find a bathroom. At the convention center, there's a in the bathroom. There's a there's a mural of the Rat Pack. You know, where Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. I went to take a picture of it, but some guy came out of the stall and thought that might look a little weird. Hey, if you didn't get a chance to see it at the Daily Demon or the Weekly Demon Twitter feed, I took a couple pictures at um, Guardian Angel Cathedral there in Las Vegas. The pictures are the stained glass windows that show some of the old Vegas casinos like the Sands and the Stardust. Pretty cool. 
Of course, I'm not sure why a Catholic cathedral has stained glass that has pictures of casinos, but there you have it. Although, the land for the cathedral was donated by mobsters, so there, maybe there's a reason. Supposedly, the best game to play for the odds at Vegas or any casino is craps. Unfortunately, it's a pretty intimidating game. If you walk up to one of those tables, you got four four workers at the tables working it. Whether you got a bunch of guys around, you got chips moving back and forth. It's very confusing. And there's also a minimum bet, usually five, ten bucks. Um, the tables I was at, fifteen, twenty-five bucks uh, at times. I didn't play when it got to twenty-five, but um, but anyway, fifteen dollars per bet is a pretty expensive buy-in when you don't know what you're doing. Look for an electric craps game. These are games. They look like one of those old, one of those uh, hockey games with the bubble dome over them. They have a great big pair of dice that are activated by pushing a button. The buy-ins in those games are usually a buck or two. I played it at El Cortez and at the Tropicana and at the Westgate. And it's a very simple way to learn the game. You know, learn how the pass line works and the even odds line, the combat. An easy way to understand how the game of craps works. I went to the Westgate for the first time. I, I didn't realize it, that that was the old International Hotel where Elvis Presley did a lot of his performances. So I went and checked it out. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's off the strip, but it's pretty cool. I stayed at the Wynn Resort and I was on the 55th floor and I noticed that the floors went from 39 to 50. And I asked one of the workers why that was and she said Asians are superstitious and they think four is bad luck. So Steve Wynn knocked out all the 40s, all the 40s. So they say the casino or the resort goes up to 460. It really goes up to 450. I learned that the strip on Las Vegas is one of the 10 most Instagram places on earth. They're projecting that the marijuana industry will be a $2 trillion industry by the year 2050. That largely depends on it getting more and more mainstream so more and more middle class people start using that for like like they do alcohol or for mild medicine medicinal purposes interesting side note in canada the demand for pot is far outstripping the supply it's so bad that on their online stores some users just sit on their computer and hit refresh over and over again waiting for something to come online that's available to buy and then they'll buy it even if it's not what they really want to buy it just to get their hands on pot. Okay, we're going to talk about pot smoking as a mortal sin. Hey, but before I do that, I a couple of points I, I want to bring up in the lighting segments, and I forgot to, I'll just mention briefly here. I found it interesting that the Las Vegas Cathedral got a special dispensation from the Vatican to have a 2.30 vigil mass on Saturday afternoon. And I would love to hear, hear the discussion on that. Hey, we, we need to go to mass early so we can get down to the horn. You know, I, I'm not sure how that came down, but I found it kind of funny. Yeah, also worth noting that a lot more bums in Vegas, especially when you get towards the north side of the Strip. Uh, I just saw quite a few bums, or I guess we call them homeless or street people, and some didn't look real safe either. It looked kind of threatening, so... For what that's worth, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it was the uh, weather turning cooler that was sending them down to you know 
a warmer climate or whether it's the legalization of pot or what it is. But I found, found that disturbing trend in Vegas, a lot more bums than, I'm, than I remember seeing before. I woke up Saturday morning at 1 o'clock in the morning and I heard this like, pounding music. And I was like, my gosh, what, where's that music coming from? You know, I'm on the 45th floor. I learned the next morning that it is the Wynn Nightclub. I think it's called XS. It's one of the top-rated nightclubs in the world. And that music was pounding from the main floor where the nightclub was located all the way up 45th floor. I could hear it. The guy I was with said he goes, he's been there before and you, you, you can't hear a thing. If you're at a table with someone, you just you just text each other because you can't possibly you can't possibly talk in there. The cost is seventy five dollars for every man, twenty dollars for every woman who wants to get in. I found that kind of funny. So pot as a mortal sin. I never heard the episode, but I guess the priests over at Catholic Stuff You Should Know discussed this topic and basically came down with the conclusion that yeah, smoking pot is probably a mortal sin, but merely because. Unlike alcohol, you can't moderate moderate your intake. You can't be a temperate pot smoker. Either you're sober or you're stoned. And that's one thing I'm finding fascinating about this pot movement. They are coming out, I, and I speculated this for years, but they are now coming out with marijuana products that are very mild. And I went to I went to a marijuana dispensary or a marijuana store, and I saw the price sheets. They tell you how many milligrams of THC. THC, by the way, that's the, the hallucinogenic that's in pot. And I can't pronounce what THC stands for. Um, but you can actually get stuff that has like 10 milligrams in it or like 100. And you can eat it or smoke it or whatever, or drink it. That's why I find that cannabis beer so fascinating. They are basically saying we want to have a cannabis type effect that you can moderate and take in just a little bit. Yeah, my conclusion is if, if they master that, and again, I think they have based on looking at the the stuff I saw at the dispensary and my conversations with one of the dispensary workers, um, I I think they, they have made huge strides in allowing people to have just a mild buzz. So, for instance, they had gummy bears. Gummies are huge in the pot industry. I, it must be the way you can work the THC and in, two of my guests, but you can have... Uh, gummies that have only 10 milligrams and this worker I was talking to he goes yeah he goes if you want the effect of having two or three beers I'd say he goes have two or three gummies each gummy is probably the equivalent of like one beer when it comes to the buzz level and then you got those people doing the cannabis beer and if they if they can master that I I think then that I think Catholics could enjoy pot again at moderate levels I, I would point out though that you know the buzz from pot is um I know, very, uh, a very self-centered type buzz. You're zoned in on what you're looking at, and you're zoned out to everything around you. And so in that way, I kind of find pot smoking kind of a, an inward-looking type buzz, whereas alcohol tends to be more outward-looking. And as we all know, this the, the basic disposition of the spiritual life is supposed to be outward-looking, looking towards others, whether it's in the form of love, service, or whatever. And alcohol makes you want to go out and seek out conversation and being with others. Now, not always, of course. If, you, if you're getting into the mortal stages, mortal sin stages of alcohol, you're probably overindulging and you might be a closet drunk. I, I get that. The buzz from alcohol seems to be qualitatively different. Marijuana inward-looking buzz, alcohol outward-looking buzz. So even if they get the quantity right, which I think is cool, and I'm glad they're doing it, even if they master the quantity, the proportion that you're taking in, 
I'm not convinced that the buzz is is the same. I I don't think it's a mortal sin if you have a very very mild marijuana buzz, but I do have some concerns just in general. came to a conclusion while I was in Las Vegas. The Dow and Las Vegas are antitheses. Remember what I, what I said in an earlier podcast that in order to figure out what the Dow is, you have to know what the Dow is not. And I said, the Dow is not A cubed or S squared. It is not accumulation. It is not ambition. It is not aggression. It is not striving. It is not success. Vegas is like a temple to all five of those things. We could talk about the aggression, whether it's a temple to aggression, but I, I think it is. You know, the, the making money, as Simone Vey pointed out, money is power's master key. You want money because that gives you power. Power itself is a type of aggression or the ability to be aggressive. It could be the, the ability just to defend yourself as well, but typically speaking, Power means the ability to control people to do things, and it's a type of aggression. By the same token, Vegas is pretty cool. You know, a man of the Dow can go out and enjoy Vegas. I mean, just be thankful for your ability to walk around, walk down the strip, take things in. You find yourself, especially if you've had a drink or two, you find yourself just really just appreciating your ability to see all that cool stuff, take in the sounds, sometimes even take in the smells. You know, even though it, even though Vegas itself was like a temple to everything that's not the Dow, the man of the Dow can still enjoy it. And I'd also point out that, you know, you got to be careful. You know, you have to ask yourself, what if everyone were a man of the Dow? Would we have anything like Vegas? And the answer is probably not. But by the same token, if everyone were a monk or a nun, we wouldn't have Vegas either. And we wouldn't have the Ford Motor Company and all sorts of other things. It all comes down, quite frankly, to one of vocation. Yes, there is a concern that if you are like a Steve Wynn, aggressively, ambitiously pursuing money and wealth, yeah, you're not a man of the Tao, but I, we can't really judge them, those type of people. We pray for them, hope the best for them, even if that level of ambition and success mongering leaves you some real questions about the, their spiritual state. The bottom line is, every person has a separate vocation. And what might be ambitious to a man of the Tao or a monk or a nun, may not be ambitious to a regular person in the secular world. Again, very tricky stuff they have to kind of work out in your own head, or, and more particularly, in your own soul, and just for your own soul. Albert J. Nock, one of my favorite writers, pointed out that if you want to improve society, just start with yourself. Just improve yourself. That's your only obligation. And here, you know, the goal is not to judge the Steve Wins or Donald Trumps or other real estate developers who built Vegas or the mobsters that built Vegas. The question is to judge yourself when you're there and your level of enjoying it. So if you find yourself getting really, really exasperated or really bummed out at your losses at the gambling table, well, you're not approaching Vegas as a man or woman of the Dow. In this regard, you know, when you're, if you're like at Vegas and you find yourself looking down on the developers who built this, you know, built this, these, these temples to the anti Dow. Be aware, you could be engaged in a thing called reverse snobbery. It's like where you take so much pride in your own relative 
poverty that you look down on those with more. That That's a pretty serious spiritual sin, especially if it's wrapped in envy and you don't even know it, which is very possible. So if you find yourself trying to judge someone, like the people who built Vegas, built these great temples, um, you, you really need to take personal stock of yourself. That's it for this episode, and that is almost it for Vegas and marijuana. I have one more subject I want to discuss. I'm going to save that for next week. It'll be about a four-minute segment. It shouldn't take too long. Our regular podcasting will resume next week. Remember, go to iTunes and subscribe. Use the new feed. It's not so new anymore, but it's called The Weekly Demon. You'll see the lettering, The Weekly Demon with Eric Chesky on the cover art. Make sure you subscribe to that one. Uh, please go to the Facebook page and like it or at least follow it. Tell your friends to do the same. I really appreciate all the support. Until next week, thanks for listening.